0: Welcome to the California League Research Project Podcast with Mario Ramos. Here's your host, Mario Ramos. What is up? Welcome to the California League Research Project Podcast. I'm your host, Mario Ramos, joined today by accomplished author Claudia Hagan. Claudia, thank you for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: I'm very excited to have you on and be able to talk about the California League, specifically your job as Batgirl with the Modesto Reds, Claudia wrote eloquently about her time with the Reds in her book Summer on the Diamond as the 1966 Modesto Reds Batgirl, which is available on Amazon, and you can also find more books and information at ClaudiaHagen.com. Before we get started, we want to remind you that you can catch the California League Research Project Podcast on anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter at CalLeagueSearch. That's at CalLeagueSearch. So, Claudia, 1966, baseball is making its return to Modesto after a one-year hiatus from the Cal League. On somewhat of a whim, you apply to be the back girl, which led to quite an experience. Has to be one of the <laughs> coolest jobs you've ever had, right? Um, and I say one of the coolest because you've also have experience in aviation, uh, hot air ballooning, in addition to being an author. So, but being a back girl that year had to be quite a special experience, right?
1: That was kind of the start of everything, I believe. That was my very first job.
0: Nice.
1: Um, we were new to California. We had moved down from Spokane, Washington. Um, okay. My stepfather was transferred, so we weren't real happy about that. <laughs> but um, in school, my uh, two of my teachers saw the article in the newspaper about the Modesto Reds returning to Modesto, Mm -hmm. and they were looking for four red-headed bat girls Mm -hmm. to um, kind of promote the team and something odd and and new that had never been tried before. It was um, Crazy Charlie Finley's idea (laughs) and backed up by the general manager of the Modesto Reds at that time, Bob Burton. So he's the one that put the article in, and yeah. uh, they showed my teacher showed me the article and said, "We really think you should go <laughs> try and and uh, uh, interview for this." And so I called and made an appointment, and uh, he uh, Bob told me to wear a pair of shorts and a T-shirt. Don't get all dressed up. Uh-huh. And he began asking me a whole bunch of crazy questions like how many innings are in a ball game and how many players and yeah. stuff, and I had no clue. So <laughs> I just gave answers off the top of my head, which were all completely wrong. <laughs> but he hired me on the spot, and uh, I was the first one hired. Wow and I asked him later on why did you hire me if I had all the questions wrong and he (laughs) said because you made me laugh and your hair is really pretty so (laughs) I think I don't know if those would be acceptable terms these days Uh, but it went over great then.
0: (laughs) Yeah so you really had to learn the game on the fly right you talked about not having too much um, experience with the game of baseball up to that point Uh, but you had a lot of other roles, right? Not just Batgirl, right? There's a lot of other jobs that came along with that role.
1: Right. Before the the team arrived and the season even began, um, since I was the first to be hired, they wanted me to start right away with a lot of the publicity um, Mm -hmm. TV. There were a couple of TV spots up in Sacramento that the owner and general manager drove me up and we participated in the noon uh, magazines. The, a couple of the TV stations at that time had noon magazines, and they would feature different things that were happening in the area. And this was uh, quite um, something different that they thought they mm-hmm. it would go over pretty great on the, the magazine. So I was... Outfitted um, by uh, Joseph Magnans, the high-end store here in Modesto at that time. And then they sent me to the high-end beauty parlor to have my hair all done, piled up on top of my <laughs> head. And um, the been. shoes came from uh, one of the uh, shoe stores here. That The two guys that owned that totally cracked me up and told me I got two pairs so that I would never show up at the ball game with dirty shoes. <laughs> so then we did. Um, I did a lot of radio um, interviews, and there were a lot of contests going on for different things, uh, like naming naming the team, which they wanted, the winner was an elderly lady who knew the history, and she wanted the name to remain the Modesto Reds, and so she won. And then whenever anybody won one of the contests, then they would be awarded season tickets, and there would be a publicity shoot of either me or one of the other Batgirls presenting the winner with the with their prize and that and then that that would go in the local newspaper here so nice. a lot of publicity a lot of um oh rotary meetings and all the different service clubs yeah. we got free lunches every day nice <laughs> and uh handed out lots of free tickets so uh it was it was pretty fun we had um before the team arrived uh all of the bat girls Uh, went out to the ballpark and had to learn what their jobs would be. And I was to be the home team bat girl. And uh, Rhea Scranton was the visiting team bat girl. And then the other two girls had to know what to do in case either one of us um, was sick or or couldn't make a, a game. So... But the other two girls um, took tickets and worked in the concession stand, helped helped the um, VIPs find their box seats and that sort of thing. Mm. So, um, but I mostly was always on the field.
0: Nice. You're listening to the California League Research Project podcast with Mario Ramos, joined by Claudia Hagen, author of Summer on the Diamond as the 1966 Modesto Reds Batgirl, which you can find on Amazon. You can also find more books and more information on Claudia at ClaudiaHagan.com. Uh, so let's talk about the team on the field for a little bit. Star-studded, to say the least. Uh, you had Reggie oh, Jackson, boy, yeah. Raleigh Fingers, Tony La Russa made their way from Modesto to Cooperstown, enshrined in the Hall of Fame. Joe Rudy, Dave Duncan were also great players in their own right. Uh, Dave Duncan yeah. had a phenomenal season that year, led the Cal League with 46 home runs on his way to the MVP. Uh, so they were really, really loaded, right? Kind of steamrolled their way through the Cal League in 66
1: Right. But to me, they were just kids like me, <laughs> and, <laughs> and we were all having a really good time. Yeah. And there are some some pretty funny stories in the book about mm-hmm. um, different players and different yep. things. But um, usually uh, when I give talks, everybody wants to know if I had a favorite.
0: Mm-hmm. And...
1: I didn't have a single favorite. I ended up marrying one of the ball players, yeah. but he wasn't necessarily my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, Re- I think Reggie Jackson and uh, Dave Duncan were probably my favorites just oh. because they were the most friendly, so to speak. they yeah. you know, they would go out of their way yeah. helping me or telling me, Don't do that. or I remember oh. when You know, when the pitcher is warming up and the guys are in the outfield and they're throwing balls back and forth, well, then when somebody would holler balls in, then they would throw the balls in and I would run and stop them with my foot. (laughs) And they would come in pretty hard and fast and Uh, it kind of hurt. And so I don't remember exactly who it was that told me if it was one of those guys or if it was Gus said don't do that anymore you're going to break all the blood vessels in your feet right. so I stopped doing it and then I thought "Well, oh, geez but then I have to bend over and pick up the ball <laughs> but um just little things like that yeah. and I also screwed up a lot on the very first <laughs> night
0: <laughs> the Couple very first in the ball game,
1: game. <clears throat> um one of the balls went behind, it was a wild pitch, <clears throat> excuse me, and it went, uh, hit the backstop. So the other bat girl and I had decided that if the ball was on her side, she would run and get it. And if yep. it was on my side, I would run and get it. So it was on my side. And I went and got it. And the umpire just kind of motioned to me to, th- to toss it to him. So I was looking straight at him, and I threw the ball, and it went down to the third baseman. And I thought I was going to die of humiliation, but the crowd was going crazy, and the umpire was cracking up. And so I trotted down to the third baseman, and he handed me the ball and said, nice pitch. <laughs> so... um I, I was so embarrassed, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get fired for sure because I couldn't even throw the ball to the <laughs> right person. And the general manager said, heck, no, that was great. Everybody will come back for the next game to see how you screw up again. And I thought, oh, that was real comforting. <laughs> That's awesome. So just little things like that meant, yeah. meant you know, they'll stick in my mind for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you mentioned a little bit there uh, – Gus Nyhous, uh, the manager of the team uh, at that point, uh-huh. how instrumental was he to keeping such a talented group of ballplayers focused on on you know winning games and improving on the field?
1: He he was a saint, I tell you, because some of those guys were pretty wild, <laughs> and uh, he he was pretty wild himself. Um, I won't go into great detail, but uh, he. He'd been around quite a while and he, he knew how to manage these young kids and yeah. they were, they were only, I think, um, they, well, I know they were all over 18, but I think the oldest one was only 26. And I can't remember exactly who that was, but okay. to me, we were kind of all in the same boat because I was, I turned 18 on, um, the second, the second game of the opening season and so they made a big fuss about that too which was kind of <laughs> funny but goss gus bless his heart he uh he kept them in tow and if they would screw up on the field he would fine them and there was nothing written down about what the fine would be yeah. but it, it was usually monetary because that hit them where it hurt the most yeah, and um, he collected all the fines, and they were kept in a, a big bucket in the clubhouse. And at the end of the the season or the end of the half, then whatever was in the bucket, then he would he would either get um, order a whole bunch of pizzas and beer or whatever, oh, and nice. a big cake or something. Yeah. It was you know kind of a reward but I was never invited to those because <laughs> <laughs> I was not allowed in the clubhouse. So um, he he was a good old guy.
0: You're listening to author of Summer on the Diamond as the 1966 Modesto Reds Batgirl Claudia Hagen here with Mario Ramos on the California League Research Project podcast. So, Claudia, you uh, traveled with the team to some of the away games at the time. Were there any ballparks to be at the location, the atmosphere, you know, the opposing team that kind of stuck out to you?
1: There were two. Um, The San Jose team, um, the owner of the Modesto Reds was from San Jose. So Mm -hmm. when the team traveled to San Jose, then I was always invited to go and stay with his parents Mm -hmm. and then do my Batgirl job. For our team nice. but their stadium was really nice and it was always really clean mm-hmm. and the people were real friendly I remember I would always be inundated with little kids wanting my autograph and nice. I thought that was really cute yeah, that's awesome. and the other, the other place that I thought was really awesome was the Reno um, okay. Stadium it wasn't all that great it wasn't real big mm-hmm. but it was different in that um, a little bit of altitude there and a lot of the players couldn't quite uh, acclimate to the the altitude there and Mm. so when they would hit the ball it would either go up really high and then drop like a rock and I could never figure that out until one of the guys was telling me it's the altitude here. And I thought that was real interesting. And um, it, it was a, a nice place to go. The first time the team went to Reno, they're all underage. So they were not supposed to be in the casinos, but they would wear their uniforms to the casino. <laughs> <And> <laughs> they would um, go You're play slot machines and drink and uh, get a little rambunctious and so <laughs> Gus. Had to put his foot down on that one so uh, but those gotcha. those two were <clears throat> the ones that um, stand out the most stockton was nice but it was really old and um kind of decrepit and uh mm-hmm. but the people were super nice there so and i always whenever i would go to a different um team uh, on the road I would always write my name on a piece of paper with a phonetic spelling of my last name because nobody could ever pronounce (laughs) it, and it was Bube, B-U-O-B, but everybody, they couldn't figure it out, and I would always make sure that they could say it correctly before I left the press box. (laughs) Just little things.
0: (laughs) You're listening to the California League Research Project podcast with Mario Ramos, joined by Claudia Hagan author of Summer on the Diamond as the 1966 Modesto Reds Batgirl, which again you could find on Amazon. You could also find more books and more information on Claudia at claudiahagan.com. So, Claudia, baseball and minor league baseball in particular have obviously changed a lot over the years. But One thing that remains constant is the positive impact these teams have within their local communities. In your eyes, how important is that connection between a ball club and the communities that they represent?
1: I think it's crucially important because without the fan support mm-hmm. um, the team isn't going to do well mm-hmm. and the way that um, I've been watching the Giants games the last couple of days and mm-hmm. watching the cardboard cutouts mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> it's it's just kind of not the same and one of the, the announcers said that when the ball players first arrived and found that there was no sound no crowd no nothing Mm -hmm. um they insisted that they play crowd sounds or or you know music Mm -hmm. or something because it was just kind of creepy and i think um for modesto right now we're we don't even have a season they're not Mm -hmm. allowing any of the minor league teams to even play. So there's a lot of real disappointed folks. And I think that, um, one of the joys of minor league teams in any town is that the fans can see the young kids starting out and, and they can really see who's going to make it and who's not, Mm -hmm. and, you know, really support them that way. But, um, there's not a lot of minor leaguers that make it to the majors and you know only so many can play on the major league teams but for the people that can't afford to to go to the big major league parks and fork out all that money for parking and the tickets and whatnot. The minor league teams are the answer to family fun and a a great night out and supporting team and picking your favorites and watching them grow. So I think it is crucially important.
0: Yeah, you know, we talked about earlier those guys Reggie Jackson, Raleigh Fingers, you know, Joe Rudy, Dave Duncan. You know, to you, they're just they were just guys because, like you said, you get that opportunity to see them before you know they they're those established names, right? Making their trying to cut their teeth through the California League, make their way ultimately to the major leagues. You know, and that's there's something to be said about that. And it, like you said, it's just a connection that you get with that local community. That's uh, you know something that we're definitely missing this year.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yes.
0: All right, well, Claudia, I appreciate you, again, taking some time. This has been awesome. Again, check out her book, Summer on the Diamond, as the 1966 Modesto Red's Batgirl, available on Amazon. Find more books and more information on Claudia at ClaudiaHagan.com. Claudia, thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. This was fun.
0: I want to thank you guys for listening to the California League Research Project podcast with Mario Ramos. You can follow me on Twitter, at Search. Be sure to catch more of the California League Research Project podcast on anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcast, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Special thanks to Claudia Hagen. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. To check out more of the California League Research Project podcast, go to anchor.fm.